Welcome, bienvenido. Uh, this is the second recording of the platform for Urban Investigation Mexico. We're on the roundtable session again in Condesa de F and we will be talking about more projects for the platform. Um, we're again a group of uh, seven, eight people which will now introduce themselves. I'm Allard van Horn, visual artist and founder of the platform for Urban Investigation. And the next 75 minutes we'll be talking about the things we are planning to do, which we can do, and how we work together. Elizabeth. Okay, so I'm Elizabeth Laschenko. I'm a photographer. I heard about the project at the Humex launch two weeks ago, where I met Allard, and he discussed his ideas. And I'm here because I'd like to be involved in really in any way possible, trying to either document the other artists doing their projects or doing a part on my own and incorporating it in uh, the urban investigation. Perfect. Thanks. I'm Lily Ford. Um, I write and translate, and I met Allard through Small World. Um, but I'm very glad I did. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm interested in um, helping out with with like media coverage, I guess, and maybe the catalog, and writing any, you know, about any subjects that, that come up that also interest me. And jump in creatively, any opportunity you get. I yeah, guess. sure. Mm -hmm. Thanks, cool. Where are you from? I'm English. Mm -hmm. I'm Belgian. Oh, okay. oh wow. Yeah. Very multicultural. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Veronica. I'm Mexican. I'm very interested in the relationship between dance and social uh, inclusion. I've seen different projects around the world that help very excluded children and youngsters through dance to tra transform into a society. So I'm working on a project with an orphanage here in Mexico City to see how the girls in the orphanage can work with dance and photography to express what they want to say to the world. Unfortunately, I'm leaving next Monday, and time is short, and I'm, I don't know if I'm able to finish it the way I wanted it. I'm working together with Ara, and uh, so we're either gonna make a video out, out of it instead of finish the project the way we wanted, or find someone who wants to continue it on. Um, so if anyone has ideas or wants to participate, you're welcome. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sebastian Romo. Uh, I'm a sculptor and I've been developing different projects in different cities. But uh, uh, also part of my work has been mapping and the idea of map. So I've been having lots of fun <laughs> lately, uh, working in the diverse projects that uh, range from fashion to street children and public art interventions, whatever. So. I guess that's it. Yeah. Eh, hola, mi nombre es Juan Juega, soy español y bueno, en España he desarrollado diferentes proyectos eh, como productor, eh, no soy artista, pero eh, mi intención aquí, después de conocer el proyecto de Agar y de conocer su calidad y sus posibilidades, es intentar eh, pues que los artistas se puedan dedicar a eso, a realizar su arte y exponerla y llegar lo mejor posible a la gente aquí en la Ciudad de México. 
particularmente me interesa trabajar sobre la ciudad de México que tiene mucho que, mucho que, que contar y, y nada más. Muy bien, muy bien. Um, eso lo que decimos ya es la segunda parte de los mesas redondos y quiero formular un poco que, que hemos hecho la última sesión que muchos que vosotros escutantes ya han escutido. Um, so the last Saturday we sat together also here and we talked about different projects uh, possible within the platform for urban investigation. One is about sculpture, public sculpture, which is related to one of the main themes. We currently discussing three themes, which are infrastructure, uh, water and all its um, identities and uh, conflicts within the Mexican uh, society here in the city of Mexico because it's an important aspect of life and zones of urgency which are locations and situations where there are things to look at because there are frictions uh, and solutions to be found. The way I personally looked at the water uh, was that I found that um, it's some kind of miracle that we're living here on top of a lake, really with 17, 18.7 uh, million, Arthur, uh, Arturo Ortiz told me last time when we were here, uh, official number, 18.7 million people living on top of the lake, which is a very a uh, brave effort to put uh, 19 million people on top of a lake and a lot of work and you can see it in the city center that it's also a difficult task because the buildings are sinking, um, the rivers we had to uh, turn into sewers, uh, apparently there are 48 rivers which until recently still were in the city which are now being used as tubing for, uh, for or run through tubes as sewage and um, I last Sunday visited um, an area where uh, 800,000 people live together where there is no water to the houses and uh, it's called Chimang Huacan mm -hmm. and uh, it's a very difficult situation because uh, there's no drinking water and water is an issue for in everybody's life and it's still the same by any generation in Mexico that the, in, in 10 years time there will be no water left. Uh, the infrastructure, how you navigate through the city and, and what it means and where do cultures meet and how do they overlap and how do they mix and how do they don't mix because that's very strong aspects of Mexican society as well as we still know and um, one of the projects was designed by Hector Ezraway, he's an industrial designer and he will participate with a project of public sculpture, uh, which are chairs and benches made out of ice, mm -hmm. so sculptured ice, which shows the relationship between the water and, um, and the city and its uh, relationship to how we, how we were a lake once and how we're now a city and how the water as a, uh, a kind of ghost from the past comes in a physical form on top of the lake into the city it manifests itself by being a sculpture it has a message and then it melts back into the floor and back into the lake again 
So sort of a messenger from the past and hopefully the future, as many people are working to recreate the water situation that we once had before. Um, other projects uh, involve indicating in difficult zones in the city what the problem is. Uh, this is pro a program by Arturo Ortiz and Lorena Wolfer, mm. who's a performance artist. And Arturo Ortiz is an architect who's been working a long time with um, water and infrastructure within the city. And they want to find places where they interview people, what the problem is in their uh, local neighborhood, and indicate the people who are responsible for this. So make small announcements okay. on the locations with phone number and email of the people responsible. Mm. So you can imagine these are governmental officers normally. Yeah. Uh, so this is an interesting uh, thing as well. We have more political uh, or less political uh, actions where the poetry uh, comes back, different sculptures with eyes. We have a um, map made out of poetry where poets will connect streets uh, into walking routes for the audience to walk, um, going from A to B, navigating by poem and not by map. And we have... Um, Who's doing that one? Um, there's uh, different invited uh, poets, um. and there's still space for anybody who wants to join. So anybody who's up for that, we need more people to work on that. Mm -hmm. Until now it's me, um, Margarita Almada, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, anybody who wants to participate in this uh, specific uh, project. It's um, important, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I guess the people that will listen to this might be interested in knowing that uh, each neighbor of Mexico City has different names. For example, there is um, the neighborhood with only generals from the army. But there is also the neighbor with, uh, there are some new neighbors that, for example, they only have titles from songs. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, 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 yeah. Or there is this neighbor that uh, it's only just one word, no sentences or last names or names, just one word. For ex uh, and all of these words are like uh, natural phenomena, like mist or thunder mm -hmm. or, uh, I don't know, stone, cloud, cloud whatever. So, so it's really beautiful how all these neighborhoods are arranged and, and you could know in which neighborhood you are just by looking at one name in the street. So then you know that the, I don't know, Colonia Roma has uh, names from uh, cities in Mexico and, and so on, you know? Ah, está muy bien. Tú también, tú personalmente, tú tienes experiencia con crear obras que son Uh, conectado a, a partes de ciudad, ¿no? Como, uh, culturas que viven en, en diferentes zonas y que cruzan o incluyan y excluyan a ciertas puntas, ¿no? Exactamente. Tú has ejecutado ese proyecto en, en Nueva York, ¿no? Eh, sí, uno, uno fue en, en Berlín en relación, como buscando este paralelismo entre, entre Estambul y Berlín como dos ciudades que están unidas por todo un intercambio de migratorio, etcétera, que tiene que ver desde el imperio austrohúngaro, ¿no? 
Y también Nueva York eh, utilizado, pero más en un nivel solo de barrios. ¿Y parece que es posible trasladar este proyecto aquí en México o funciona dif diferente las culturas aquí? Uh, I, I think we need to develop a new system and I'm really extremely interested in how to build a psycho map because I, I think a psychogeographical vision of, of a situation I think it's, it's a quest in itself but uh, yes I think the system could be easily adapted to Mexico and I hope uh, I could gather materials from the other people in the table in order to, to incorporate it in, in the work in the same way I use the newspapers as the forms that give me the lenits or the shapes or the understandings of my maps I could use the material of other people to incorporate it in this map and just create a system there, arrange and exactly make, try yeah. to make sense with everything, you know? Because I don't know exactly, but here in Mexico City, are people really grouped per, uh, per culture, per by, by religion maybe, by, or is it mainly yeah, socio-economic groupings or migratory Groupings because a lot of people there's a big influx of course so yeah. I imagine a million people by now have come from Oaxaca and are they living all together the Oaxacan people or is there no really defined how how is it defined in Mexico not, not really but certainly there is like some some places that that people gather together and celebrate certain issues uh, and that maybe even they live in different places of the city. For the people of Puebla, they have a, a particular celebration on the saint of the city or the saint of a, a tradition, and they gather together to celebrate that. Or, for example, uh, there's all these subsystems that are extremely important. For example, Feria del Mole, that is only a dish, but uh, when it happens, it's extremely important, and there's over thousands of people that go to this place on these only two days. To gather there and to exchange all this culinary experience, you know, but they are linked by mole, that is just a dish that is made basically in three states in Mexico, in the whole country. So it's a way to recognize yourself and your identity. Okay. You know? And I also think it's more like rich and poor and immigrants from the indigenous yeah communities or from El Campo are mostly in the suburbs of the city. There's also a big uh, Jewish community in Polanco, for example. Yeah. If you want to know by religion, it's more Jewish, more than anything else. And I, see, I think basically it's divided by rich and poor. Rich neighborhoods, poor neighborhoods, and most of the time you find them together, but very divided. But also, um, thinking about the poor and yeah. the sort of periphery and the people who arrive from the countryside, looking for work and they settle, that presumably is quite, um, you know, you go to a certain place because your cousin already lives there, or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, the family yeah, links, yeah. Yeah. presumably mean that a lot of people from the same village or from the same, are, are in one particular yeah, sort but, of. But maybe you have people from Oaxaca here and here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah very separate, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that you go to the Oaxaca community. Yeah, sure, sure. But they move around also, I understand the uh, the center of the Jewish community used to be, for example, in Tepito. Uh, in Condesa, or before that somewhere, somewhere else. You know? In in the beginning of the century, we used to be Tepito. Mm -hmm. I think in, in in 1920, 
uh, used to be Tepito, that now is uh, well known for being one of the of the most dangerous neighbors in the city. And, and yeah, there is this uh, I know anecdote that when Charles Lindbergh came to Mexico, there was a, a guy looking for his family that was a Jewish just that, that just arrived from Europe, and and. And there was no one in there because all the Jewish had went to see Lindbergh, you know. But later on, they moved into Condesa, and I think that the, when I when I grew up in this neighborhood, I remember to see all these uh, rabinos walking in the park and whatever. And I think after the earthquake in '85 was when finally they started to move uh, more and more. Even that Polanco already was like a Jewish neighbor. Uh, they, they, uh, there was the. The last movement uh, from the Jewish community, in, uh, in the Orthodox Jewish community from Condesa was after the earthquake, because the neighborhood was all an old neighborhood and people feel safer in, in a modern. But this, uh, I mean, the the the, con the way of construction is totally different from this neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Also, I guess there's more modern um, kind of immigrants. Like if you look at the Koreans and the Sona Rosa, mm. or I mean, you could get to the point where you say, well, the Condes is full of French people, full of, you know, the kind of trendy immigrants, you know, the ones who are all very, it, it, it's a different phenomenon. But um, I don't know if there's, apart from the Koreans, there, there are other sort of notably big communities of really foreign people. Not that I know. Yeah. There's Japanese or Chinese? There are always Asian people. Yeah. Well, apparently there are no Chinese. Like it's one of the few places in the world where there's no Chinatown. Oh really? Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. There is yeah, many, as a matter of fact. But, but are they're in the north. Yeah, but I, I meant in Mexico City. There's oh, very, very sorry. There are really few. There's Koreans, but the Chinese are all in the north. Yeah. Um, Used to be a big uh, Chinatown that has uh, mm -hmm. disappeared for the years, yeah. and and there is a huge community of Germans, for example. There are over 7,000 Germans living in Mexico. But not in Mexico City. In Mexico, well, well in, in the country, you know. Argentinians, that is amazing. I, I think that during the dictatorships in Mexico, Mexico was the country that tried to pay this face of we are good, and so there is a huge amount of Argentinians, Uruguayans, some Brazilians. Chileans. Uh, Chileans mm -hmm. are, are another really big community. But maybe they, they, do, they are a little bit more difficult to recognize because they adapt really easily because of the language to the, to the way. And it's already 20 years ago. Well, and also the Spanish, right, from the Civil War. The Spaniards from the Civil War. Germans used to be before Second World War mm -hmm. because there was, a, I don't know, all this interest uh, from Germany in Mexico. Mm -hmm. For a moment there was even a Nazi party in Mexico. Mm -hmm. But uh, later uh, we start to have all these Italians and French and, uh, and other people in really small groups, but that they, they arrived to Mexico. Veronica, you used to work um, five, six, seven years ago with uh, an organization called Boninos here in Mexico City. Uh, where did you find that, because this was an organization working with street children, where did you find were the biggest uh, conflicts in the city or where street children they are uh, and did that move yeah, over the time? This organization is located in Tlatelolco and that is because Tlatelolco is uh, the, 
place where more street children hang out. The second one is uh, Iztapalapa, and they were going to open a second center there because also the the amount of street children hanging out. And I don't know the third one, but Tlatelolco, I mean, the institution is Tlatelolco, but it covers downtown and uh, Park del Zócalo and uh, Garibaldi. Uh, all that area near Tlatelolco. And that's the place where most uh, street children hang out. But that doesn't mean most poverty, because street children come either from Mexico City, from very poor areas, or from other states in the country, and they move to the city. That means maybe more, because there they can get more money, because of commerce, I don't know. But, but are they there day and night, or are they there just during the day and at night? Day and night. Day and night. They sleep either in the metro stations or in wherever they find, but on, in those locations. So the definition is that they're not with their families. They're, they're not. They're, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. It's uh, street children, not working children. Because uh -huh. working children are with their families, they ask for money mm -hmm. and they go home. Okay. But street children live on the street. Right. And they already left their family. Uh -huh. And most of them are in Tlatelolco and Estapalapa, but that doesn't mean they come from there and the, or the, that's a poor area. And what kind of, um, because you're working now with a, a group of uh, girls, Yolia Niñas de la Calle, and uh, these girls are from a specific neighborhood as well, and you're working with them uh, on um, cultural uh, expression or creative expression. Uh, how do you see that uh, in relationship to the, to the problems, the the disadvantages children have and how um, creative expression uh, helps or, or, or can work towards uh, inclusion? That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> first, first of all, the institution works in two places. One is Tlatelolco, which is also where Proninos used to work. And they work with the community from the ex-train uh, ferrocarriles. And the other, uh, the other house is a place, like an orphanage, for them to sleep and live. And that is in more near Santa Fe. But that doesn't mean the girls are from there. But most of the girls that they take out from the street from Tlatelolco go and live there, so they're not exactly from there. And that's geographically speaking. About the art and the how it creates inclusion, I can talk from what I've seen in other projects and what I've seen in this one specifically. Uh, in this one specifically, it has been very functional and very small in terms of time. So we only started in May, and a couple of sessions with dance and with uh, pictures and photos. And what I've seen is that it helps them psychologically to start speaking and taking out everything that they have because of course they have a lot of uh, difficulties in their life and many things that they've lived and they st start feeling at ease to take them out. And on the other, also, I was reading a letter today from the homework that we asked them to write about what they want to say to the world and what they like. And one of the girls said that she likes dancing 
because it helps her forget about her problems and while she's dancing. So it's also for them a way to be children because street children normally are not children anymore. Uh, they have to survive so many things and they have to go through many things that they forget about their childhood. And when you work with them for art, it helps them recover that uh, childhood that they've lost and value themselves as a person. That's a way of education. And that's in the specific project. In the other projects, which is more time working with them, it creates discipline, but it also creates value of themselves, of the person they are. And they start looking at themselves as something meaningful instead of always looking at themselves as somebody who can't achieve anything. So uh -huh. they create, they are creators. And that changes their, their perspective of themselves. Sebastian, you've been working with children and you've been creating uh, furniture, affordable, uh, multi-functional furniture with children. Uh, did you have the same experience that uh, the, cre the creation is an important process to uh, elevate yourself uh, above the daily problems uh, you found 